When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, and the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! As well as pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review... And I know today is Halloween, Michael Sidgwick, but it felt like it happened on Friday because it was scary how bad this show was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I wasn't really the biggest fan of the Rampage, baby. This is Rampage this week. <laughs> My God, honestly, like this is not a lie. I miss the days where it was like third hour of AWTV, yeah. baby. Kingston versus Danielson, Punk versus Garcia, Danielson versus Suzuki. Here we go. Yeah. This is going to rule. I can't believe I get to do this on two mornings. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to willingly wake up to watch this and love it because you've got a pretty much cast iron guarantee of quality and AW's the best and it's even better than I thought and all the rest of it. This week, I treated Rampage like homework. Yeah. Literally like, because it is essentially... I watch this and make notes and form takes in my head at home for work. It is there for homework. It never feels well. WWE feels like homework. <laughs> AEW, for the three years or so that I've been privileged to critique it as part of what is a dream job of which I will never lose perspective. No. It feels like homework now. And I don't know about you, Wilborn, but unless it was English... And I was good at it and jazzed about the task. I was a bugger for homework. Last minute, yeah. rushed. I was base level competent enough at school that I knew, right, I'm good at really good at English, quite frankly, actually. Yeah. 
So I know for a fact how it works. You just get yourself to your A-levels, pick the thing you're good at and like doing, and then you can shape a career around that later. Math, science, RE, geography, I was doing the night before. Mm-hmm. And I'll coast, and I'll get middling GCSEs and every other subject, and I'll smash A-levels, and I'll go to university and all the rest of it. I hated doing homework. I was an absolutely lazy bastard at school, and I would just put it off, and I would procrastinate. And nowadays, with this show, Saturday morning, knee chance. No, no. Absolutely knee chance. I'm more likely. You know what my Saturday morning routine used to be? I'll wake up, and I'll watch... This rampage, baby. This is rampage. With a cup of tea <laughs> and a smile on my face, in anticipation of the kids waking up, right? Nowadays, not a chance. No. I'll wake up, I'll go on Wordle. You know, the first thing I do now for respectively earnest reasons and utterly perverse reasons. I will watch the Bloodline stuff oh. ahead of AEW. Yeah. And then I'll watch whatever bollocks Bray Wyatt's doing for the laughs, <laughs> for the Schadenfreude. And then Rampage, usually I'll go, right, okay, well, it's Saturday night. Usually do loads of stuff with the family during the day. Um, so I'll watch it on a Saturday night before I go to bed after having had a nice day and just veg out on the sofa and then, you know, whatever. Can't even be asked to do that. So I'm thinking, right, Sunday morning, my internal alarm clock just through covering wrestling as a guy in the UK for several years at this point. I just wake, I never get a lie in, even if I want one. So I think, you know, it's Sunday, you'll be up before the kids anyway. You've got a stupid internal alarm clock, so just watch it then. And I'll go on Wordle and I'll think, no, I'll just go on Twitter. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll check me FPL and I'll just do anything else. So like Sunday night, right, again, another day of the kids, Halloween party, all the rest of it. Uh, maybe on a, a few lazy drinks as well. You know what? I'd rather watch Porco Rosso <laughs> because it's great. So I watched Porco Rosso. And then this morning, I got up. Again, stupid o'clock. Six. Kids weren't awake. Right, I have to watch it. I'm reviewing it. Mm. I am reviewing it. You, It's your homework. You'll get told off if you don't do it. <laughs> um, Wordle. Twitter. <laughs> By which point, I know the results. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. people bury stuff on the show. And it's not as if my enjoyment of these matches would be enhanced by not knowing who would win. I knew that CM Punk was going to go over Daniel Garcia. I knew that Brian Danielson was going to go over Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki. But knowing that, and I did, even though I didn't actively seek it out, didn't hamper my enjoyment no, because I the match it. quality was so good. This, I just, I, can be the, I know who's going to win. Mm. I get no enjoyment out of it on an unpredictable basis, nor a match quality basis, nor a, this is a massive match basis, or I'm really emotionally invested in what's happening basis. So half six, like, you've got to go watch it. So yeah, I watch the first half an hour. And then the kids get up. So, right, you sit down, breakfast. Just have the carpet cleaned. You are eating your breakfast in the kitchen from <laughs> now on. We're being a functional family. It's like, right, well, we're, they're doing that. And they're having a natter. It's like, right, okay, I can just casually watch uh, the main event just while I'm making my own cereal, boiling the kettle. And then I, I just couldn't be asked, so I watched it on the commute. Just like the, I don't the, blame the, you. The last possible time to yeah. watch this show, I watched it. I was guilty of everything you laid out there with homework. By the way, I'd always sit down with the best of intentions, and yeah, then found no, no mercy instead. Yeah, I've got a computer in front of me. I mean. As a teenage boy, there's a lot better things to do than work on your homework. I've got to be perfectly honest. Yeah, downloading songs off Kazaar. Yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah, that's what we're about. doing. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I even I was guilty of it at uni. Like exams, I could scare myself into like in three days' time, you're going to be sat in a hall for an hour and you have to write about something. So you better be ready. I was always, always everything, even like coursework at uni, I'd be like, I can probably write however many words an hour it was when I could actually do that sort of thing. And I've got the internet at my fingertips. I've got all my resources right there. So working that backwards, if I've got to write a 4,000-word essay, if I start at uh, midnight, it'll be easy. Yeah, yeah. Probably get an early night, if anything. So I was always so bad with that. But yeah, I, I'm the same. Look, I don't think it helps. I use the same, well, the reverse bit of patter with the spooky stuff with the SmackDown thing, because like I say, it was one of the best segments of the year with uh, the, the bloodline and everyone feeling very oozy. And I don't know why I did it. I've got to do it the other way around. This is like when I used to watch Dynamite and then watch NXT. And I'd come in going, uh, I think, I mean, it wasn't great, obviously, at the time, but it didn't help. It's the, hey, Meg, you get more ugly. Yeah. Like, when the, why did I knew whatever, Matt Reigns was tweeting, tweeting me over the weekend saying this, this bloodline thing is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on WWE television. So I should have saved that. I should have gone, oh, I'll do eat the veg yeah. and then I'll get the, and there'll be some bollocks with Bray Wyatt, et cetera, et cetera. No, I watched it the wrong way around, last, like I say, last minute on Sunday night. And I was like, this, uh, and I love them both, love Daddy Magic dearly. This uh, championship eliminated is uh, really getting on, yeah. to be honest. And yeah, not a lot to like here. And I'd seen a, a screenshot of Keith Lee's face where he's like, and I was like, what is what, this? What, uh, what is this? I, uh, uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it and we'll dissect this show. There's something I liked later on. Yes, there is something. But <laughs> you have to stick around to find out what that was. Because uh, the show opened, uh, as I mentioned, with the uh, world title eliminator. It was Daddy Magic, Matt Menard versus John Moxley. Um, and because I love them, I, I sort of gave them an early pass of just Angelo Parker just hanging off the top rope going, Hey, John. John. Hey, John, and then obviously that allows Menard occasionally to get a bit of a, a shot in. Um, initially, Moxley just took both of them out, clobbered Parker off the apron, took Menard outside, batted him around there. Uh, Menard fights back. Moxley goes for a figure four. Menard kicks Moxley out of the ring, takes the ref, um, and uh, Parker nails Moxley. Referee doesn't see it. Neither does the production staff. Um, and then... <laughs> We get it on the replay. And then um, Bernard crotches uh, Moxley against the ring post to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Moxley's obviously fighting back. He's 10-punching in the corner. But Menard gets him up for a powerbomb, transitions into a Boston Crab. Uh, I thought I saw a tap for a brave, very brief second. He's obviously just, ah! And I was like, oh, tap, tap, tap. No. Um, breaks the hole, does Moxley with a rope break, and then just nails him with a cutter. Forearms, King Kong Lariat. Uh, superplex gets him a near fall, goes to the ankle lock. Menard kicks free, goes for a sunset flip, and Moxie just goes, now nah, sliding knee strike time, takes his face off with that. He does the stomp on Matt Menard's head and shoulders, but Parker, Angelo Parker runs him, immediately gets hit with a cutter from Moxie, but that allows Menard to grab him, DDT him very quickly, and get a nice near fall. He goes to do the, uh, the stomps. It's not the same. It really isn't the same. Moxley goes, no, 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 we're not doing that, bollocks. Grabs him, rear naked choke, and he gets the submission victory. Let's talk about the match, and then we'll talk about post-match. Yeah, I didn't mind the subverted stamp thing, because no. that's one of the few times they really explored the idea that this guy was completely in way over his head against a much more, like, exponentially more credible act. Yes, and, and it was quite amusing, the 
what are you doing? Like, what are you <laughs> doing here moment? But ultimately, I think that, yes, they did tell a story that he was woefully outmatched and needed the, the, the help of his tag team partner to get anything resembling an advantage for a consistent period. But it was still, even then, I just didn't buy this. I didn't buy the drama. I thought the work was just kind of then. It wasn't particularly electrifying. It was astonishing that this was live, not only because of what the card looked yeah. like. If you want to go back to that market, like, Christ, give them a better rampage next time. <laughs> um, or charge, like, a ten or a ticket or something like this. I just didn't take any of this seriously, even though the narrative, consistent narrative thread was, he needs his mate. He's absolutely out of luck without his mate. That's why he's relying on his mate, and that's the only way he can get a sniff of a established advantage against Moxley. But I still was just bored. I just didn't find any drama. It wasn't electrifying. It wasn't even that cathartic. Like, surely, if you've got a guy whose character is this incredibly obnoxious, scenery-chewing, deluded, blowhard, who thinks he's much tougher than he is, they could have played with the comedy of the contrasts and the characters, and they didn't. They just had a pretty goddamn drab match, and mm. I thought it was almost unforgivable. Um, look, I don't want to be too harsh on Menard. I'm going to be harsh on Khan because this was just Tony Khan, because this is just impossible to take seriously. Daddy Magic is fantastic. It's the jumped-up little bastard <laughs> pretending he's tough backstage, being deluded and thinking, ah, oh, they were cheating. You are, and that's the bit. I get it. And he's great in brawls, and he's great in tags. He's absolutely not, 1 million percent, a credible top-line main event-adjacent professional wrestler, which I would expect you have to be in logical kayfabe to Mm. be considered worthy of the championship eliminator. Otherwise, everyone and anyone can fight for it. Yeah, I was just so disappointed by this. If I'm going to be devil's advocate and try and justify Tony Khan's thought process here, right, um, he promised 2.0 the TV time because it was originally meant to be 2.0 course, yeah. versus Yuta and um, Castagnoli. Obviously, they didn't realize that they double booked Yuta, so it would have been quite harsh to say, oh, Daddy Magic, piss off, because, you know, it just would have been because he's been promised a spot on the card. And additionally, um, Daddy Magic has been working through a torn labrum, I believe, and that's why he hasn't wrestled much ahead of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he was at every TV. He was taking part in brawls, potentially aggravating the injury, just basically like really stepping up and being there for the cause when he's got a really small child as well. Mm. So ultimately, it was very professional of Daddy Magic to be on AEW TV all the time. And I think Tony Khan has recognized that desire and professionalism, rewarded him with this match. But it was a nice thing for Tony Khan to do. It was a very mid thing for me to watch. Uh, and then post-match outcomes, a couple of members of the firm, specifically Stokely Hathaway and Lee Moriarty, and um, they uh, reference a little bit of what happened, obviously, on Dynamite, and then Stokely challenges Moxley um, on behalf of Moriarty for a match on Dynamite, uh, and we even get a video package with uh, a bit of a showcase of Moriarty's skills, and him explaining what Tiger style is, and uh, Moxley did put uh, Moriarty over. He said, Blackpool Combat Club, like the look of you, pal. Uh, he just made a match, massive mistake. Oh, and I'm going to kill you on Wednesday. Match looks decent enough. Again, extremely predictable, but at least the quality um, should be more assured because Moriarty is a prodigy, an excellent, excellent talent. Mm. I thought the production was bizarre here, right? You know, there's certain things in wrestling where if you really think about it, it 
bad art, bad contrived and or stupid. Mm -hmm. Like when all those raw episodes where people are just standing in the ring and there's video package upon video package upon video package. And at some point you think, what would it be like to be there in the building and just watching this person just stand there? But because... When Owens is like, I've already seen this. Why are you showing it me again? And because... You don't actually see it on the TV. You only have to think about what the TV character's doing, and it doesn't really matter that much. Here, you actually had to watch <laughs> Hathaway Moriarty go, yeah, it's a good package, this, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. What are you showing me for? Just show the whole package and not Moxley and Moriarty and Hathaway very awkwardly mm. just watching it. Waiting across. for the time to speak again. Yeah, waiting for the time to speak again, just watching it over the invisible wall. Just... It's, I don't, just show me the video. Yeah. Just show me the video so I don't have to think about how awkward it looked in the arena. And then again, I saw how awkward it looked in the arena. Just absolutely bizarre. A bizarre choice. And weird that they would be like, right, I'll fight you on Wednesday. Yeah, okay, cool. Do you want to walk to the back now? Like, they yeah. just, he just a, a sanctioned hit from the firm, basically, on Moxley the other day. And Moxley's like, yeah, fair enough. See you on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, like, it should be out for blood if it meant something. Yeah. If it was really, really... Brutal, unprofessional, like just terrible conduct. You should go and kick their ass. Mm. That's a good point. Well made. Um, so, yeah, just not good. No. Not good. Uh, something that is good, though, is the World Title Eliminator Tournament. That is back now. Um, they announced the uh, first man in the tournament is Dante Martin, which is good. I wonder where on earth he'd been recently. Um, that's going to finish a full gear. Obviously, the winner gets a title shot. Winter is coming. We might as well, if we're talking about it now, I should mention a little thing that came later on because uh, also um, we got um, a promo from uh, Ethan Page announcing that he was going to be taking part of it, part in it as well. Um, he said, well, he talked about, later, this is later on the show, this is just before the main event, in fact, but he said uh, about MJF thinking that he'd kind of used and abused the firm for all his means, and now he can't suddenly change his mind and change how he wants to live his life in, in AEW. Um, MJF's probably going to be off TV next week, he seemed to allude to, allude to but that's not a favour to John Moxley, because regardless, he's going to show MJF what he needs to do, because uh, he's also entering the Eliminator Tournament. How you feel about it coming back? It's a good idea. Yeah. It's a like I understand that it was almost almost um that's what I'm looking for here. Not irrelevant, but a bit superfluous that the whole idea is that they had a ranking system in place that would reward wrestlers for a series of wins v- with a title shot, then the eliminator doesn't need to exist because you've already got a number one contender. But if anything, now that they've de emphasized the rankings, um this functions to do the exact same thing. So what was once, meh, it's a bit superfluous now, actually it's necessary. So I do like that. I also like how, with the idea that MJF and John Moxley, look, I, I expect MJF to win. Mm-hmm. I expect the match to be dramatic, but I know the result going into it. It's up to them, when I'm in the moment, to cast out over exactly. the outcome through the magic of their work. But look, it's going to be MJF. But... They've got a horrendous, and this is a bad Tony Khan problem. I don't think I've buried quite enough. Maybe I'll find a way to do it in article form at some (laughs) point. He's got a horrendous habit of telegraphing the winners of his title matches and his big matches. Like, remember All Out 2020 when Lance Archer won the uh, Battle Royal and he sat down to take in the first MJF versus Moxley match at All Out 2020. It was like, well, MJF versus Lance Archer isn't happening. No, I just know it isn't. So, all right, cool. Well, I know that Moxie's going over. 
So that's a bit of a shame because you're probably thinking to yourself, you know what? He's gone through one pay-per-view. He's done a slew of TV defenses with the world title. Maybe MGF could win this. So that was not ideal. They've basically built this around the idea of Ethan Page winning, but both wrestlers in the Full Gear main event mm-hmm. are kind of feuding with the firm. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't impact my enjoyment of the main event, whereas usually Tony Khan very much shows his hand. I even did it as recently as Grand Slam, where when Mox, Danielson, and Jericho were still all in the tournament with everything to play for, Tony Khan booked MGF to cut a promo, basically about John Moxley. There was this offhand reference to, oh, you know, it could be Jericho or Danielson as well. It's like, well, you've just told me it isn't, kind of. Mm. So, yeah, horrendous habit, but this way is a lot better than how he's usually done it. Yeah, and it's always a load of fun, this tournament. Um, more promos needed where someone's in the midst of chin-ups, in my opinion, because that's what we got from Jade Cargill next. She's furious, obviously, about Nyla Rose stealing a belt and eating chips and all this. Um, she's going to beat her ass, and she's going to remind everybody why she's still there, bitch. Very good. Just anything a bit different to a backstage interruption. Mm. Got a character over at the same time as it was a typically well-delivered promo from Jade Cargill. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. We were so close. We were so close on Friday. We opened up the roster, on the roster page. Where, oh, yeah, yeah, Where we just, and I'd just, you'd say stop, and I'd shout out her name. Keith Lee versus Serpentico. I would have rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, that's too bad and too mid to, and too predictable, even for Rampage as part of the game in which we gently mock how predictable it is. It was, I got annoyed twice here because I was like it said Keith Lee in action and I was like cool and then it was just 
10 second squash. And I was like, oh. And then I thought, oh, we're going to get Keith Lee talking. Cool. And then that didn't happen either. Yeah, he squashed a Pentaco uh, within yeah, 20 seconds, probably at most. Sit out, powerbombed. So Pentaco basically ran at him, threw, threw a forearm, did nothing, and then just got powerbombed by Keith Lee. So post match, uh, Tony Schiavone comes in, goes to interview him. The acclaimed interrupt. Oh, it was a, a triple bagger, actually, because then we didn't get an acclaimed rap. The acclaimed music hit. I was like, here we go. Bit of a rap. And they went, no, 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 we're not doing any rap because they're annoyed with Swerve and Our Glory because they haven't seen or heard from Billy Gunn all day. What's going on here, Keith Lee? Keith Lee, Axel, innocent, no idea. And then <laughs> Swerve Strickland appears on the big trom. Um, and uh, he's not alone. He's got, <laughs> I wish you could see Sid's face as I'm saying this. Let me see if this this can summarise your face in the sound effect. Quite kind of spot on, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, Strickland's got got Billy Gunn tied up in a chair. He's still pissed off, obviously, about them losing the titles and Billy Gunn's involvement in it. So he's decided he's going to make sure that doesn't happen at full gear. He's got some some pliers or something. I don't do a lot of DIY. You can probably tell. Uh, and I, I think I think he cut his fingers off. Or, or broke his fingers, or did something horrific to Billy Gunn's hands, basically, so he can no longer no longer scissor. Um, Keith Lee looks as this is all going on. The acclaimed run off to try and find where Billy Gunn is. Maybe they've got him on Find My Friends on their phone or something. Uh, and uh, Swerve Strickland declares, "Spooky season has arrived." <laughs> Rubbish! This Every, did he bring that in last year for Halloween? Yeah, it's got good, good, got, got my money's worth out of this. <laughs> right, wrestling, and I struggle with all. I struggle with all of pro wrestling, even when it's great. Right, it's a fundamentally stupid thing. Yes, it is, and I admire greatly AEW's various attempts to make it less stupid than it inherently is. I like how that even if the people involved watch the TV shows when they got home, I would say about seven or eight times out of ten, as opposed to none <laughs> in WWE, seven or eight times out of ten, they wouldn't go, oh, well, I shouldn't waste my time being upset, or, oh, I should probably get a bit upset by what I've obviously missed, but the TV cameras have caught. Exactly. So that's one thing about wrestling that you just have to accept. But you don't have to, actually, because AEW does a few elegant, subtle things that make you not think about it in such pedantic terms, right? All of wrestling, and obviously AEW is included in this, and you cannot possibly not do this because it drives interest in the conflict. Professional wrestling has crimes that get committed on every single episode. <laughs> every single episode of every single TV show... Pay-per-view, whatever, crimes happen. Everything in the ring is legally sanctioned by, like, a regulatory state body mm -hmm. or, you know, the company's um, championship committee or general manager willingly puts his stamp on the contract signed by every wrestler involved that when the bell rings, hurt each other. Mm -hmm. Or don't if I'm not sanctioning it, but I'll show it because it's going to money out the ass for the promoter. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the confines of sanctioned in-ring competition, on every wrestling show there is crime. There is assaults. Heinous, from behind, egregious assaults that obviously aren't sanctioned physical acts, 
because it's wrestling. Mm -hmm. Beatdowns happen. Heels have to be heels. Baby faces have to fight the heels, have to save their mates. There's a crime on every wrestling show if you want to be super pedantic. If you thought, right, this is a shoot, you're watching it, and it's uh, UFC. They start battering each other before the octagon at a press conference that gets done. Yeah. They would, wouldn't they? They, they have, they done, have in the past, crime. yes. Indeed. That's one thing that even I'm not pedantic enough about to say, ah, oh, shouldn't do that. It's a crime. Like, mm. I'm not I'm not an idiot. No. I understand that these things have to happen. It's a pro wrestling show. Don't make it too obvious that you're committing a crime, right? This is a crime. This is a crime crime with a capital C as opposed to a beatdown. Oh, is that a crime? Shut up. Don't think about it. It's wrestling. Don't be an idiot. This is a crime. If you're going to do a beatdown angle, make it look as little like a crime as possible for mm. me. That's just my two cents. He's kidnapped a guy. He's forced him against his own will to sit there, and he's really gone with a weapon, either snapped off his fingers or at least broke his fingers off or whatever, and they made the crime look too much like a crime, and it was silly, and what's the TV? What's the camera crew just doing there? You know, like, shoot the camera with your right hand and just gently just 911 and the and your mobile, mm. your cellular phone, <laughs> and the other hand and go, right, okay, this is obviously a crime. Yeah, you're turning the tripod on in the corner or whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, see, it's, oh, I'm losing focus. Could you stop breaking his fingers? <laughs> because I can't get the shot right. It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid, this. And I think the justification was, oh, it's Halloween in it. We'll get up to have a match. Which has greatly improved. And the one against Britt Baker was genuinely quite mm. fabulous. Um, if you want to do something spooky in lieu of the Abaddon match or the elite who really like to have fun on Halloween... Don't do this really super earnest, spooky season horror angle, mm. especially in this feud. It's so stupid. Because we've, to be fair, we've, we've fantasy books, right, as I really get heat, break daddy ass's fingers. Not like this. You don't have to do all these convoluted bollocks. Have, in a match, me and Hamlet was talking about this in the office today, have them, yeah, get a chair and hit him on the hand. He puts his hands up and bang. Or, like, I, my, my one I suggested was, I don't know why they'd be wrestling the acclaimed in a match before they, but regardless, I'm sure you can work that one out, work, you know, work a resolution for that. Halfway through the match, Swerve takes, key, um, takes Daddy Ass's fingers, wedges them between the post and the stairs, and whilst Daddy Ass is like, oh, I'm trying to get a bloody hand out, stuck, Keith Lee charges at Caster. Caster moves. Keith Lee hits the stairs. Oh, did he mean to do that or not? Oh, but he's broken. Not his a crime. Fingers. Not a crime. Exactly. Um, there'll be some dickhead on Twitter going, actually, it is a crime. I, I just don't care. It's yes. a wrestling crime and they're fine. Um, yeah. Stupid. Absolutely woefully stupid. And this one angles. I don't care about this rematch anymore. And I'm going to be paying money for it, it looks like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's such a huge proponent of the acclaimed having the run. I prefer watching FTR in the ring. Yes. I think everyone does. Or, you know, a lot of people do online, at least. But the acclaimed brought the match quality, it all out. They're over as hell in the arenas. The merch, the TV ratings. Like, realistically, they deserve the shot yeah. more than FTR. If you look at all the metrics. Well, we went into that pape going, that'll be a nice... You know, three. three I thought it was the match. one match that would stop the crowd wouldn't care yeah, about. I, I could not saying. be more wrong, and as a result of me not being more wrong, I've decided to go. You know what? I know people love FTR. I do too. In the ring, not on Twitter, but um, <laughs> ultimately, like by every metric, 
including the one that FTR get, which is pops out the ass. The acclaimed probably more deserved this run. Um, and this has completely ruined all arguments I have in favor of that because this was just relentlessly stupid. And this Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland, oh, I know you're, you, you, he said, and I quote, you're swerving in the, in the wrong lane, okay? Yeah. The idea is, I don't think you're all the way as a bad guy yet, but you're taking shortcuts that I really don't appreciate. I just want to get this done the proper way. How could he team with him after this? Mm. If he's been disapproving of his behavior all along, unless the twist is Keith Lee's going to be a super heel as well as Swerve, mm -hmm. then he's so annoyed that Swerve is present tense, swerving in the wrong lane. He could veer back out if you just, yeah. did, like, you know, stopped yourself and listened to my advice and stuck with me and do things the right way. He should be like, well, I just, I don't want to be his partner anymore. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a criminal. I find it bad enough when you're a wrestling heel on telly. He's, you know, he's a violent criminal. <laughs> now I'm still going to team with him. Yeah. This match can't happen. <laughs> Keith Lee would disapprove of this. And Hamlet made a great point before we move on. Smart Mark Sterling has been wanting Swerve out of AEW for the longest time. As recently as, what, three weeks ago was National yeah. Scissoring Day? What will he say about this? This is the one time that you go to Tony Khan. This is Hamlet's take, and it was a very good one, so I'm putting him over. Smart Mark Sterling could say, he's a violent criminal. Mm -hmm. Like, get him out of the company, Tony. I wonder if he does, or I wonder if that fictional fake storyline has ended so you won't. I was going to say, bloody better. Did, they, did that, would that get binned off whilst I was on holiday? The whole they resolved thing. it, in fairness. Okay. They resolved it on Rampage. Um, Not the big show, then. Where the varsity athletes, oh, yeah, managed by now. Smart Mark Sterling, simply lost to the acclaimed. So the acclaimed won back the right to scissor, and Smart Mark Sterling didn't have a legal recourse. He put it all on the line. So that's ended now. If this was real, and you are meant to create the illusion that this is a real world, Smart Mark Sterling, as Hamlet very uh, accurately points out, should have a real problem with this and actual cause to get rid of Swerve now. Yeah. But you probably won't because the fake storyline's ended and this fake character doesn't concern himself with this fake. I will. Will I let it play out? I don't think I will. <laughs> Uh, right, the Jericho Appreciation Society did their promo from Dynamite, but we could hear them this time. Uh, Jericho said he's going to fight or anyone in Ring of Honor, and we'll obviously, of course, lay out some some of our choices for that on the Dynamite preview later on this week. Then it was time for Tay Mello versus Madison Rain. Um, uh, Mello is, you know, showcasing the representing the JAS, and, and Madison Rain is the, the the coach who's back wrestling again, fighting fighting the good fight. Um, Mello early on gets Rain up top, and it looks like she's going to chuck her off the top rope. She just drops her backbreakers against the uh, the top turnbuckle. When we come back, uh, Madison Rain starts fighting back, counters a suplex into a DDT. Uh, then she hits a backbreaker for a near fall, runs at Mello, hits a uh, who gets a boot up. She tries to go up top, but uh, Madison Rain catches up there, and Mello fights back though and takes her down with a uh, no, sorry, Mello gets taken down with a super cutter off the top rope. Rain goes for a Casadora. Mello counters into a face first slam. She goes for a gotch style pile driver, but Rain backdrops out of it and hits a sliding lariat for a near fall. They exchange forearms in the corner, uh, and then Mello goes right. That's, that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> knee strike, take KO. Uh, one, two, three. I did like the suplex into the DDT. Mm. That felt like they were struggling hold for hold, jostling for advantage, and one person got the move after like a competitive, unvarnished struggle that didn't look cooperative. Elsewhere, they took the element of struggle and 
it was applied with actual reality because they struggled to get through certain sequences and it was a bit messy and it looked like they were helping each other out um, and not doing a good job of helping each other out because it was quite trickly and ultimately, look, this match was not good. Nope. This match had very little heat. This match was stunningly predictable and, yeah, like Madison Rain, I've got no doubt that she's a really good coach and that she is well-equipped to do that backstage and I don't want to be unduly harsh, but yet again... At Madison Rain TV match didn't meet the standard, and that's worse now. And it's all the more glaring because there is a standard now. Since Tony Storm has won that interim title, the um, AEW Women's Division has improved, and I would describe that improvement as considerable. Mm. So when there's a bad AEW Women's match now, I honestly think it stands out even more than it I used agree. to. And yeah, just this experiment of Madison Rain as a TV wrestler hasn't worked every time. And it's just time to focus more cut on... Cut bait. Cut bait on the on-screen stuff. I'm very certain that she is a very, very good coach. Yes. But, yeah, not a TV wrestling star anymore for me. I think it speaks volumes here that I was watching this and I was like, oof. You can tell just the crowd must be exhausted after Dynamite. Yeah. And I went, oh, God, it's live. Oh, no, that's a really bad yeah. uh, assessment of what's gone on. Right, then we had the the uh, Ethan Page. Oh, I'm going to be in the tournament thing. <laughs> and then it is time for the main event. Um, we get the back and forth between the two of them beforehand. Wardlow's like, welcome to the company. I'm going to powerbomb the shit out of you. Uh, and Matt Taven, who I'd, I'd, I've never really seen that much of, to be honest, before. And we're getting to the good stuff now. Uh, he said he wanted to become the Taven Network Television Champion in a pre-match interview. And I was like, I like you already. Uh, and then Mark Henry drops the whole... Yeah, so first experience of Matt Taven, and within two minutes, I was like, if Matt's listening, we know they listen, you mean this in the nice possible way? I was like, oh, you're an arsehole. Yeah, yeah, I get it, straight away, love it, fantastic, love all this. Get us in Wardlow's face to start off with. Don't George out with him, it's yeah. Wardlow, don't piss about. He does, Wardlow just piss off. Nice drop kick early on from Matt Taven, Wardlow goes, right, that's that. Out you go, chucks him out to the floor, chucks him into the ring post, uh, sends him into the ringside barrier, Mike Bennett, who's there, of course, with uh, with Maria Canellis, um, tries to attack Wardlow, and Wardlow's like, "What was that?" Mike Bennett's like, "I'm so sorry. I I didn't. I thought something was going to happen there, but it didn't." Um, so Wardlow goes after Bennett. Maria defends her man, um, and that distraction holds Wardlow in place for Taven. I was like, "Here we go!" Oh, what a beauty of a dive over the top oh onto Wardlow. God. Wait a second, sorry, yeah. that's not the one we were going to. Not- we're gonna do it. So, so many buttons. Oh, my God. Hey. Yeah, really good stuff, that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he takes control, chucks him into the steps, splashes onto his knees. He targets the legs throughout the entire commercial break. He's trying to he's trying to cut the tree down, I believe, is the freeze. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going after the leg. Um, and Helm Wardlow's at any moment. He's trying to do anything. He's having to, he can barely put any weight on it. We come back. Taven hits a running knee for a near fall. Uh, goes for something else. Wardlow goes, nah. One-legged F10, basically. Um, Taven comes back with an Inziguri and a, uh, runs straight into that swinging lariat from uh, from Wardlow. 
Again, he's on one leg and he still manages to hit an overhead belly-to-belly suplex and a spine buster. Maria jumps up onto the apron, though, as he sets up for a powerbomb. And Taven hits a double-leg takedown into a jackknife. And you think, oh, bollocks, he's got no legs to get out of that. No, Wardlow bridges up out of it and he's in perfect position to hoy him up, powerbomb him. He does three or four more and gets the victory. Um, Really like Matt Taven. This was the highlight of the show for me. If it's a main event of a television show that, despite so much apathetic evidence to the contrary, is still billed by Tony Khan as first-run original premium televised content. This was kind of a failure because the crowd weren't that into it. It didn't feel big. It didn't feel un- it didn't feel unpredictable. No. It just didn't feel worthy of the main event of a big-time TV show. Even though Rampage isn't, they insist it is. And until they outwardly say, oh, we don't really care. It's <laughs> obvious. I'm going to be a dick. I'm not going to review it under any other mm-hmm. parameters. It's meant to be an hour of in television. I'm not watching Elevation. I'm watching a TV mm-hmm. show, and I'll judge it to the usual um, AEW standard, which this show has not hit in so long, but I'll bang the goddamn drum. I wish this was like the second match on a Dynamite. That looked stark, and you thought, all right, Matt, Taven's going to debut against Ward. Okay. Um, it's a good job that there's two other matches I'm really, really into, because this would be a nice complement to the action. If this was the second match on an otherwise stacked Dynamite, I would have had so much fun with yeah. it. I would have been so full of admiration. As it happens, I was just like, right, okay, nah, it's not a main event, this. Which is a shame, because it wasn't a main event, but it was an excellent undercard attraction because I thought Matt Taven did a hell of a job here. Like, I was so impressed by his work. There was a bit early on. Everything he does looks snug. He's so precise and where he hits and how hard he hits, and yet it's true pro stuff, because he, you know he's not taking liberties. You know he's not clumsy. You know he's not hurting anyone. He's just pretty goddamn excellent at the craft at this point as Matt Taven. And I really hope the narrative around him changes, because he just did such a great job with Wardlow. Um, there was a bit early on where... And drills Wardlow in the what looks like the jaw. Mm-hmm. It's the fleshy part of the cheek, which is where you hit the safe spaces. But it looked like he rocks his jaw. And Wardlow like just shrugs it off as if to say, What the fuck have you just done? And Taven's like, ah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But like he looks like he's nailed him. It's so the connection is so sweet. And Wardlow just looks as if to say, what the fuck are you doing? And then Taven panics. And then as you point out that Bennett going, Oh, sorry. On the outside. Taven does that jump where it's like, if he hadn't landed on Wardlow, he'd be at the tunnels. <laughs> it was He's huge. propelled himself yeah. that far. It was absolutely incredible. Um, the splash off the top rope, how did he not jam his knee? That's mm. what it certainly looked like, and that's how Wardlow sold it. Just the impact, the connection, the spectacular leap to get there. The actual chain wrestling on the leg to transition from move to move. It, it, Wardlow looked like he was in peril here mm. and yet lost nothing in the the balance of Taven's performance here was pretty goddamn expert in terms of how zealously he had control over him but he also showed ass it was a dickhead when he pointed to his head in front of the hard cam and Wardlow just appeared behind him this was a tremendous bit of work mm. on the part of Matt Taven a great um, without being a blow away great match like a really good Wardlow match and I was so impressed with it, and I just wish it had happened when I wasn't expecting... Right, okay, it's a main event of a TV show. I'll never get that out of my head, Wilborn. Mm. Never, I shouldn't. Yeah, and, and the other thing was, <laughs> Wardlow gets the one, two, three, and the bell's barely rung. 
How long ago? Oh yeah, that was it. It was I think it was in picture in picture. Halfway through, Wardlow sat on his knee, and I think they said Mike Bennett got hold of the ring bell and went, All right, so bring us the bell. Someone's called for the bell. I guess the title's changing hands. I was, I was like, What's going on there? I had to rewind that. Bennett and Canellis in the backstage pre tape were great value as well. Yeah. They were doing that thing where they were pretending to laugh really heartily at what Wardlow was saying. It's like, You pricks. Mm. That's such a patronizing thing to do. I like this unit, I do. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, so Bennett dies in and attacks Wardlow immediately after the bell rings. Samoa Joe, of course, runs down to make the save. He gets rid of the kingdom, but then... Oh, my... Oh, my God. Bigger than ever. Powerhouse yeah. Hobbs appears, comes down, uh, and then in the midst of all this, there's just so many things going on. In the midst of all that, the emb- embassy attack, take out Joe, take out Wardlow... And it appears that that Powerhouse Hobbs has joined Prince Nana's embassy, reunited himself with Brian Cage, uh, and in the end, they're there, stood tall. Cage has got the TV title. That's Joe's, obviously. Powerhouse has got the TNT title. Um, Great to see Powerhouse Hobbs again, because we've been campaigning for him and Starks to come back after their feud. Uh, What did you think of all the the post-match to close the show? Promising. It's about time they did something with Hobbs. If you want to be pedantic, and I always am, goddammit, Hobbs has the canonical... Official win following his series, his two-match series with Ricky Starks. So mm-hmm. it stands to reason that he's able to insert himself into a title picture. But then again, Daddy Menard is, so what does that <laughs> even mean? But if you want to be strict about it, he beat Starks. Starks technically didn't beat him. So I'll absolutely take Hobbs advancing um, into a title picture on the back of that program. And I will take all day a monster mash between Hobbs and Wardlow. Oh, monster mash. That's them at the door. Is there another one? Why is there a horse? A werehorse. Is that what that was? <laughs> I think I pressed it twice accidentally there. One of them was just a horse? I think it's meant to be a creaky door opening, but I was aware like that when that normally happens, someone else comes in and maybe... Maybe he's going to be showing up later on the, the Royal Preview. Well, potentially, potentially. Uh, yeah, so I'm banging to Hobbs versus Wardlow. Remember the pretty awesome um, Team Taz, as it was, versus Swerve in Our Glory series? As part of it, Lee and Hobbs had a monster mash on a rampage. Mm. Great. So uh, this for full gear. Yes, please. Yeah. I uh, having, having sat here for ages and us going, who the f- takes the title off Wardlow? <laughs> The moment Hobbs got him up for that spine brush, right? There he is. Yep, right there. I'll buy it. Yeah, I will absolutely. Exactly. But I don't think it's going to happen. No, but, but I will buy it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, satisfying end to uh, an episode of Rampage. I was going to say an off episode of Rampage, but just this is what it is now. <laughs> this is what it is. But you know what? I will never accept it. So no, what are you exactly. Gonna do? What are you going to do about it? We will that? campaign for better until we get it. Um, right. Let us know your thoughts on uh, AW Rampage on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. And if you uh, if you don't want to get too spooked. Uh, tonight. Maybe you could bury your head in a book, Sige. Well, it's always a good plan if you're worried about what's at the door, if you hear a sound in your in your house, and maybe it's an eerie sound. And you think, right, okay, um, power's out. I've only got a candle. I need to get my mind off this. I need to get my mind off this. What you want to do is hop, <laughs> hop on the Amazon, right? I was out, but I've got the Wi-Fi still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until the phone battery runs out and I can't charge it. Yes, yeah, good point. I've obviously got mobile data. I didn't think of that. Got mobile data, you dickhead. Yeah. 
So you don't need power. The mobile for that. data was coming from inside the house. <laughs> so you don't need that. You could just use your, you can use your cellular plane or your mobile mobile data. Yeah. And Mo- AT&T, uh, if you're using that provider. Oh my god, the power's gone out. Lucky for you, you got mobile mobile data. <laughs> and you get the scaries on Halloween. You'll think, you know what? It doesn't come instantly, so you're gonna have a long night ahead of you. But <laughs> but you can console yourself with the idea. That you for next Halloween. For next Halloween, you've got one hundred and twenty thousand passionate and insightful words all about the formation and indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling, titled aptly "Becoming All Elite: The Rise of AEW," written by myself. Available on Amazon wherever you live. And there you go. And you won't get the Sunday scaries. And a will one for me on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE for all of us. Uh, WhatCultureWrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, the SmackDown Review is available right now. And me, Sage and Hanford will be back a little bit later on today to look ahead to a very spooky episode of Monday Night Raw. Bye, Starks. That's been the Rampage Review. My thanks to Sage. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.